The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Now he oh, just got you clearing when, your throat really like massively. Right, that'll be the first thing that people Before that, hear. I did a charming hello, hi. Uh, that's why I turned Ooh. it on because we were still really just having a pre-show chat. But then I realised that Gareth's coming at like three uh, thirty, so we should just get into it. Hello Ooh. and welcome to Fofop. The person making the noise over there is returning guest Charlie Jen Kirkman. I haven't had you on the show for a while. We've been trying, but oh. you know, oh, too hot, or does it taste weird? I just what spit happened? out hot water. Is it too? It's like, not that it's too hot. I took too big a gulp for how hot it is. Okay, that's interesting. Sip, sip small. Because you just yeah. Because you asked. Because you came with the coffee, so I I actually impolitely didn't ask if you would like a, a warm beverage. No, I have a decaf soy latte just for. That's sort of like a lunch. Almost. I mean, that's that is as far removed from actual coffee as you can probably get. Yeah, I wanted that. more of like a food, like something heavy. Uh huh. Um. But also, a, a, but also a, a like a, a, a quite large glass of hot water that I just boiled and didn't kind of like you know put any cool water in there. Or no, anything. no, I and like then, it like that because it's good for the voice. But um, yeah, I just sip it, and I've been sipping it fine. And right. I took a giant gulp giant when gulp you put the mic on of boiling hot water. Yeah, just at the start. So it's really off to a flyer. There was a throat clear and a, a big oh, gulp of water. This is a flyer. It's good to have you back. It's so great to be back. I know it's been a while. Our schedules have not been working. Working out. Well, we 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 just both been busy. You've been Listen, very busy. We are international superstars, mate. I just well, came, you know I is? just came back from a week of shows in Bermuda, mate. Oh, I'm on well, my Kokomo tour. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you know that I? Oh, well, I've always liked the Beach Boys, but when I was little and that song came out, it got me into a real tropical frenzy. Oh, what do you mean? Well, I was living in Massachusetts, mm. which you know, if people I don't really know much about in Massachusetts. Oz aren't familiar. Um, I don't even really know how to say it. You just say Massachusetts. Ma- Massachusetts. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Um, we probably are saying it wrong because it's a word we stole from the uh, natives that we stole the place from. So okay, um, but well, that's we, respectful. Massasoit was the name of the tribe leader. Some probably wrong, and someone on Twitter will be like, "You're a racist," and I am. So anyway, um, <laughs> I. But the winters are cold. That's a new angle now in, <laughs> yeah. in the post-Trump America. Just you like, got to get yes. on board the racist. You got. You know what? You just might as well lean in. Just you got four years. I'm racist. Nobody's going to like your liberal views for the next four, so you might as well. The lean liberals into the don't racism. even like my liberal views. So I'm like, that's right. I'm racist. So it's very cold there, and I'm. You can convert your own Celsius to whatever. Uh-huh. But anywhere from. Zero degrees with a wind chill of negative something to 30, snowing, cold, dark. Yeah. Um, when it's warm out, it's certainly not a tropical warm. It gets very hot in the summer, but that's three months. So I, when Kokomo came out, I was obsessed with the beach. And I thought it was the most, the song took me away right. in ways that 
shouldn't have. It wasn't that creative a song. They were just listing some places in the Caribbean. Yeah, I know. Bermuda, but it made it Jamaica, sound really good. Ooh, I want to take it. Yeah, well, and, I want to uh, take you. Well, th- well, I would like to go <laughs> next time with you on that tour uh, to be one of the comedians. So I went with my parents to a part of Florida that's beautiful, by the way, has since been destroyed by the Gulf oil spill. Not completely, but it's not. And it won't be what it used to be in right. terms of the ecosystem. But this place called... Um, I think it's called Estero Island. And it's these little islands in Florida that have Gulf of Mexico water. And I'd never seen water that was in the Atlantic Ocean. Right. And it was, I saw pelicans. My head was exploding. And I would listen to Kokomo in my Walkman, yep. tape Walkman, mm-hmm. and walk up and down the beach just like, yes. Now, was this a Kokomo single or was it like a, <laughs> an album? Like it was the, was it the cocktail album? Because that's what it was on. It was, no. It was from the, and that was a pretty good album. I actually had the... The cocktail uh, movie soundtrack. I know I saw the movie, but I don't think it made any impact on really? me. Really? Yeah, it's some. There's a lot of stuff I so missed. So you love the song, but you didn't even like, you know, love the movie that the I song might have, was famously from. Yeah, I was a big radio listener. I right. think that might have been taped off the radio, and okay. then what I would do might have had a bit of Barry Bissell at the start. What's Barry Bissell? Uh, did he not do the American Top Forty countdown? No, Barry, that would have been Casey Kasem. Oh, Casey Kasem. Yeah. Right. Maybe um, we had our own. Maybe did we have a guy in a, maybe in Australia we had a guy called Barry Bissell who was like our Casey Kasem. I wonder if they just got him because he also had a on a oh, peak name. It sounds like a vacuum cleaner. A, a Bissell is a vacuum cleaner. Oh, but really? it, I think I used to do that thing where so I would tape coke him off the radio, uh-huh. keep the tape where it is, hear it again, tape it again. So I made my own loop. Oh, you just had Kokomo on repeat. On 30 minutes, baby. Up and down that beach. I mean, taking you, you, it in. In, you invented the iTunes repeat function. Pretty much. I was like, someone needs to know about this. Yeah. Some- so I put a message in a bottle <laughs> and I put, I put to Seattle or somewhere in the Pacific North. <laughs> just washed up on the beach one day. And Steve Jobs, was he from Seattle? I don't know where he is. He found it. Yeah. Um, no, it, so that was, I don't know where we got on this, but that um oh yeah you were on your kokomo tour i was on my kokomo that actually is not just a flip comment that means a lot to a little 12 year old jen who was like i then started declaring that i had a tropical soul oh and i put sand all over my bedroom hang on what and (laughs) no wait i mean just randomly or in like uh like containers like buckets of sand or like your bedroom was like one of those sort of japanese relaxation gardens that you kind (laughs) of I didn't have a Zen rig. There used to be these lamps you could buy. I'm sure you could still buy them that are glass and you can fill them with things so that you can look at the, you know, you fill them with shells and sand. Oh, okay. Yeah, so sure. that's the base of the lamp. And so I bought a bunch of those. I put shells and sand in them from Florida. Right. Um, so you took, hang on. So yeah. to walk me through that then. How yeah. much sand did you need for these <laughs> things and how much sand did you take from Florida? I'm sure it's not as much as I thought, but back then you could check a bag, no problem. Right. You know. Because these days, you would hesitate about like filling up your suitcase yeah, like, oh, with a bucket three of sand. Pounds. <laughs> Ma'am, can you remove three pounds? It's over. I can't. It's sand. It's, it's very sand. special. It's <laughs> sand and shells. <laughs> What's in there? Bags of sand and shells. How many times would you get pulled over at TSA and not be able to explain and that like, you just... It is not heroin. I have a tropical soul, sir. A tropical soul. <laughs> have you never heard the song Kokomo? Put me through the scanner. You will see inside me. Look at my passport. <laughs> Clearly, the last four places I went to were Bermuda, Jamaica. A place called Ooh, I Want to Take You? I don't know. That's not a place. The small town of Ooh, I Want to Take You. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It is a traditional name we stole from the original Kokomo tribe. I think I saw uh, the Beach Boys perform Kokomo. In fact, I did. uh, With John Stamos? With John Stamos. That's exactly what I was about to say. 
That's like a when that's like a middle-aged woman's like wet dream. Yeah, I, it was that they were I performed. I, I can't quite place this in my memory. Yeah, I know I saw it, and I can't quite work out what the event it was that I would have been at that I would have seen it. But I believe maybe they just came down from heaven on a cloud and performed, and they went back up. I mean, because that's you know what. what? It's, <laughs> I, okay, there's a, no event good enough for. Uh, they're too good for an event. Well, I saw they are their own. Event. I saw the Beach Boys without Brian Wilson, right, uh-huh. and with John Stamos. Uh, doing Kokomo, and I have also seen Brian Wilson, you know, do it all by himself. Uh-huh. And I do kind of think that the more enjoyable gig would be somewhere between the two. <laughs> I think Stamos <laughs> brings that relaxed steel drum vibe that you want. Brian Wilson maybe brings something else. I mean, I feel like Woody Harrelson, it's probably sad that he wasn't sort of just like the right age group to go and play drums for the... It feels like that sort of thing. Oh, you know? totally. Like he'd be yeah, yeah. him on bongos just up the back smoking weed with the Beach Boys. Oh. He'd love it, you know. Get him a colourful shirt that he'd wear half open on stage <laughs> while he bongoed. <laughs> Maybe he could side bongo. Um, John Stamos, I heard saying on Howard Stern the other day that he brought, like he wasn't saying it in a bragging way, but the Beach Boys, um, the older fans did not like that he joined, but they brought a bunch of younger fans to the table because they were like oh i'll go see the guy from full house right and so i've never seen them but and then the beach boys songs very catchy to a like a younger person so oh, it's the yeah. perfect audience you want really oh that seems like the most romantic thing if you're like a 50 year old sort of boozy chardonnay broad and maybe you're on maybe you just had like a third husband but you right. know what you're in a little bit of a done with men phase but you still love the romance in the air uh-huh. of john hot stamos on drums the Beach Boys, Kokomo, a song about take me away. Right. And you're like three drinks in and you're just like, yeah, this is the best. <laughs> yeah. That, Other that... people with a tropical soul. <laughs> oh, yes. A tropical soul and a sunburn though. Okay. Here's what I would say about, um, firstly, John Stamos. You know, I think, is he, uh, where does he stand in your modern day celebrity um, John Stamos because you know like is he a, like one of those guys who will see singing at the Trump inauguration like is he or is he uh, wh- I, where is he is, yeah. like, where's he in his life John Stamos I haven't been keeping up to date have you I think he, no um, well I think he had an incident a couple years ago with drunk driving and it was one of those ones that wasn't like ooh you got unlucky because we've all driven drunk it was like Oh, the odds of you getting caught are because you do it so often you have a drinking problem. So he, I think, went off to the Rahab and I think he's sober now. So he's probably living by choice a more not as out and about paparazzi life. Right. So that can always make it look like you're not doing well. But he is doing Fuller House on Netflix, which I think is a big deal. I'm not sure. So I would say he's doing well. Can he just get a movie script sent to him? Right. I don't. No. Is he the sort of guy that somebody might like, you know, Quentin Tarantino? Like, is there a chance yes. that there is some director who's been sitting around? You know, like a Michael Keaton's having his moment again at the moment. That's exactly you know. what he could be. Yeah. Is there someone who can stay yep. moss? In a, in a pulpy way, yep. he can be brought back. Because he, he is, and I don't know if he ever claimed to be a great actor, but he's handsome and I bet he's got some depth in there that if he could explore. But then I also bet he's enough money that he doesn't care. Right. But he's not a joke. He's definitely not a joke, but he definitely could have a Quentin Tarantino kind of comeback. I right. absolutely, that's exactly it. Or if he were more right wing, uh-huh. but on the side of being right wing that makes you a lunatic, uh-huh. he would absolutely be Scott Baio. Right. So, yeah, 
He's he's in between Scott Baio and John Travolta before Pulp Fiction. Okay, because so he could go either way at this stage. He could go either. I think he's gonna go. I think he's gonna stay the course. I mean, the reason I ask is every time we talk about a person on this podcast, they blow up. So oh. I feel like this is Stamos's moment. All I'm saying to people is, I want this to be one of those moments where we, you know, Babe Ruth style, point at where we're gonna hit the ball and say something is gonna happen in Stamos's right. world in the next twelve months. Watch I'd this forgotten space. about our faux fop psychic friends experience well the fact that we talked talked about Dolph Lundgren and then he moved into the building I live in (laughs) like he literally is in one of these apartments he's still here well I mean in my mind he's still here (laughs) even if he left who's who how could his energy ever leave yeah he did live here (laughs) but you haven't seen him at the little health food place down the street no but he's back he did at midnight I haven't done at midnight I'm a stand-up comedian you haven't Dolph, done at midnight? I got Dolph Lundgren on at midnight before I got myself on at midnight. Wait, you got him on? No, well, that's, oh, you know, I mean, we by did. Your, by us, by do our Do you need my help getting on comeback. at midnight? Well, I need somebody's help. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I can make it happen. <laughs> That'd be um, great. That is so funny. Well, I should have been on that episode, but I guess they wouldn't have known. Yeah, it should have been you, me, Dolph. and Dolph, and then everyone in Australia would have gone crazy i mean that would have been yeah that would have been a great episode that confused everybody in america yeah we're like this is a big hit on a podcast in australia which is a big podcast here too ish but some like i have noticed a bit here's what i will say i have noticed a bit now because i went out on the road uh straight after the election and uh Uh, this was the first time that i noticed a lot of people coming out from the podcast like previously i feel like it's been you know, couples and uh, like, you know, a couple of people here, a couple of people there. Yeah. And I, and th- those same people keep coming out to the point where I'm like, you know, almost friends with the ones who, you know, the ones yeah. who came the first year. You're yeah. like, oh, no, no, we have a relationship. Yeah. Like you're <laughs> not, you're not crazy. Like I could, well, what? I was going to say I could hang with you, but I'm not, I'm not. I know anyone listening to this thinking well, I th- I'm going to hang with them. I think we, ju- but even me and the, the ones who've been coming for like four or five years, yeah. we all judge the newcomers. <laughs> Like we're a bit we're a bit suspicious of the newcomers. Oh, I totally have that. Like you know, all these that. new people. We're like, who are these weirdos? And I'm like, hang on, maybe you guys are the we're the weirdos. I have that with some of my audience members. Were some audience members were very upset that these drunk girls at one of my shows threw up in the bathroom, uh-huh. and they were like, that does not happen at a Jen Kirkman show. No, like we're not party people. And they were like, they must be new. And they were like coming up to me after, and they're like, we're really sorry. And they're like. We see a lot of people, this is after uh, a couple of years ago after my first Netflix special, like um, we're noticing a lot of different people here now. I was like, it's okay. Like yeah, everyone. That's actually good for me. Yeah, and it's my good career. for me, but I welcome you all, <laughs> the new and the old. Yeah, I need some of them because eventually you guys are going to die. Or get sick of me or right. be like, oh, there's another new. Or just get sick of leaving the house or whatever, you know. Oh, well, I find that, I find that you have to have. Five billion people that know you so that 2% of them can come see you and that will make a difference because I bet a lot more people watch me and enjoy me than the percentage of those that actually make it off their butt is like just running into people of like, what are you doing in town performing? Oh, cool. I'm like, you don't want to come? No, I don't like live comedy. I'm like, that's the only kind of comedy there is. Right. (laughs) The TV comedy is so much worse, but it's like... It, no, yeah. I like the worst version. Yeah. I like the worst version, much worse <laughs> version that I don't get anywhere near the connection that you're meant to get from stand-up comedy, but I can do it from my house. You're so lucky you got to go out right after the election. I mean, I have been in a coma since the election. I've been really depressed and it, and it could just be... I think like sometimes if you have something already, like I've always had 
depression on and off my whole life. And so I think it's like a trick knee where like if you fall on it the wrong way, like if you fall on that knee instead of the good knee, it's going to get worse. So something happened after the election where I just felt the serotonin remove itself from my brain and go, we're going to go to, it went to Kokomo. And so I feel like I couldn't even think of something funny if I tried and my tour doesn't start again until September, thank God. Um, But to be going out right after the election, I imagine the energy was crazy. It was like nothing I've ever experienced. But except I would be nervous. The energy would be bad in terms of hate crime Sometimes and people pulling you over. Hey, lady. But you're not a lady, but... Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm, Australian. I'm feminine enough. How do they know I'm Australian from like how I'm walking? I'm more likely to be excused, oh, we know. like mistaken. Well, because you've tossed in your boomerang oh, up yeah, and down true. here. Sorry, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that I always carry around my didgeridoo and my boomerang because I'm a horrible racial stereotype <laughs> that doesn't even imply to me. It's something that we've stolen off our indigenous people to Again. Yeah, and if you <laughs> even if, those <laughs> symbols, even the two things that we could come up with, neither of them are actually white Australian things. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess. Well, I guess I mean like you could activate them by like for me, I think if I'm driving around, you know, in the Midwest, they might go like, "Oh, there's a woman, let's grab her pussy." Sure. But if you're talking on stage in your accent, it might be like, "He thinks he's better than us." Well, I mean, I, I've spoken about this on the podcast a little bit, but the 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 thing that I have. Like, you know, and I think that you do have to do this because I think there is a thing with Americans where in particular with America, and it is because of that whole idea of what America is and the cultural, you know, America exports things. They don't import things, you know. That's like, right. And So get out. Right. And there, <laughs> But there is a bit of that. And there's certainly a bit of don't come over here and try to tell us how we should be doing things better. Like even if, you know, you may have some ideas about how we could be doing things better, we right. do not want to hear your ideas. We're right. America. We're number one. Oh, it says here at your school's the number 24. Number one. Number, uh, number one. Four minus two is two. Yeah, and then and number one. one. one <laughs> and then number one. But also I think it's like, well, duh, we know that too, but it's so helpless over here. Right. So, and again, that's another thing is you don't want to do that sort of thing of going, this is terrible. Um, what the whole time, you know, representing this ideal lifestyle that people have, which is what Americans think about Australia, you know? So right. there is some. Well, we have enough crossover, right? In terms of terribleness. Oh, like I mean, at least you get to make fun of yourself. Like you still don't have marriage equality, right? Right, and also, like I mean, you know, you talk about the wall, and you have you like, have no ozone. We, we, the only reason we don't have a wall is because we have a giant moat around Australia. Like I mean, what we've been doing to asylum seekers and keeping them out and shipping our problems to other islands right. around and whatever is the equivalent of what you know Trump wants to do with building a wall to Mexico. It's right. just that we just happen to have you know, one already there that right. they have to float a boat over. You know, that's <laughs> – it doesn't make us better people, you know. Right. And there are a lot of things terrible, but um, – But you – But so, yeah, you lot, have to – A I, I, There's two things, like, I use to my advantage, I think. In, like, the first thing I always do is explain, like, well, firstly, that I, I chose to be here. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, I want this to work out. Yeah. I have no – I don't want to be the dickhead. Like the line I say in the act, I was like, I don't want to be the guy who was going by the, the, the Titanic on my luxury yacht and went, oh, the orchestra's playing. I'll jump on board. This will be fun. It'll miss the iceberg, <laughs> I'm sure. there was a guy that did right. that? <laughs> you know that guy. They haven't made a movie about him yet, but it's true. Yeah, the, the one guy who jumped on the Titanic. <laughs> Where's his story? Uh, so, but the other thing is that... And I what, think we like people who want to be here. Right. And so, so that, that you got to play that up, right? Yeah. And then the other one is that I'm an Australian. And the truth of it is our entire foreign policy, particularly when it comes to the defense of our country, is whatever America does, we're in. So whatever yeah. mistakes America makes, 
we're going to have to, if Donald Trump gets in and involved in some stupid war somewhere, yeah. guess who's going to have to go? Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, no matter where I could move um, or like tour a lot or so I'm not touring internationally at all this year and I'm sad about it, but I needed some time off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm out of new material for Australia. So I was like, I'm going to take a year off from Australia. But if I went there this year for an extended period of time, it wouldn't be like, Woo, like I'm in the free zone. It's like I'm still affected by America's policies no matter where I go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with the environment, like it doesn't really matter. But if I want to stay away from guns and maybe like guys who are putting swastikas in my forehead, people mm. are doing that now. I mean, listen, not even Jewish. Yeah, um, and, Canada and it, might yeah. be better, Melbourne might be better, but yeah, Melbourne, but some other parts of Australia wouldn't be so kind to you at the moment, unfortunately. Oh, so. no. And I think I toured some of them, they were lovely, but not. When yeah. you walk by the bars. Well, we've also had a, in Australia at our most recent election, there was a, you know, like everywhere in the world has, you know, like we saw with Brexit, like we've seen in America, right. that disenfranchised sort of, you know, white, angry, you know. And so One Nation, which is our version of that Pauline Hanson, she got back in and a whole bunch of people got in. So those voices have been legitimized in mm. our community again. So we're having exactly the same things. You know, you're seeing those sort of rallies that end up being a lot of guys who are pretending to love Australia, but then there's a lot of skinheads with source stickers and horrible things as well. So Ugh, It's so out of style. If, if, if anything, it's just out of style. It went out of style when, did you see the episode of, this was a big thing in the 80s if you're a kid in America. You remember Geraldo Rivera? Uh-huh. Well, he used to have a daytime talk show mm-hmm. before he was like a Fox News asshole. And he was almost like... Um, he thought he was getting to the bottom of things and he had skinheads on like the new resurgence of skinheads Mm -hmm. and Nazi skinheads. And they uh, threw a chair at him and broke his nose on television. And it's like a big YouTube find. And it was like, we were shocked back then in the late eighties, like skinheads. And then, then there was the punk skinheads that dress like them, but with a sign of peace to like get rid of them. And then like, I thought that fixed it. I thought ska music fixed it. And then I can't believe (laughs) We still have... Uh, Hang on, Scott sk- sk- didn't heads. fix everything? No, <laughs> I just found out. Oh. So I can't believe we still... I'm like, how is this... That whole theory, though, we're all wrong about this. That theory of, oh, you just need these generations to die off. No, no, we're making new ones. Yeah, it turns all, out. All the time. People younger than us, we need... What we need is all those people to die. We're young or old. I mean, it is one of those things where you... you I mean, I do think that if you look at the history of the world, that we are... I mean, I was listening to a great podcast, Tom Ballard. I'm sure you've run into Tom Ballard, young I Australian love him. comedian. He's yes, and he's brilliant. I think I had and a drink with him one night. He's doing some amazing like work. He's just one of those comedians who, in the last year or two, and he's only 26 or something. It's ridiculous how I talented hate him. he is. But yeah. um, he oh, maybe he'll get a crippling drug problem and stop. Oh, we're not. We're <laughs> <laughs> I just say that about younger people. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let the older people have you know. Yeah. Let us finish out. Um, he just did a brilliant show. He did two shows last year, which is amazing. Oh, I itself. know. I missed it. I heard it was amazing. He did a brilliant show about the, um, uh, entirely about Australia's asylum seeker policy. It's called Boundless Plains this year, and it's uh, touring around Australia all this year, I believe. Oh. And uh, he did also a, a brilliant stand-up show that, like, you know, got nominated for the best show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, got nominated for the best show in Edinburgh. So had, like, an amazing year as a creative artist. And he oh. also does this podcast called uh, Like I'm a Six-Year-Old. And really, what he does at the podcast is he gets on people from you know groups or whatever or like you know that have a story to tell that maybe hasn't been so i was listening to just recently just today uh one that he did with a transgender rights activist Uh whose name escapes me for the moment i apologize for that but um uh it's the most recent episode i think so if you check it out and um 
hearing her story of the 30 years of like, you know, and she was obviously expressing the great disappointment of last year and how, you know, there seemed to be a big trans backlash and those sort of things. Right. But also to hear the story, you were still pretty amazed at how far we have also come in those 30 years, I you know, around these have, sort of things. I think if I dare may say, having nothing to do with being a trans person. Yeah, I mean, as in, like this. Well, this is the story that she was, you know, saying. Oh, I, I don't want to say that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to sit here as like me going. I feel like it's, it's got heaps better for trans people. No, I mean, it was interesting to hear. Yeah. You know, when you think, yeah, you think, oh well, it's terrible because you know they're complaining about bathrooms at the moment or or whatever. Mm. But in a lot of other ways, you know, with the public, um, uh, you know, with trans people in high positions, you know, being, you know. Um, uh, just a more even like you know someone as problematic as like Caitlyn Jenner. I was going to say it's two like, seasons, baby. Great. Show. Well, the inventor of Sirius Satellite Radio is trans, right? And their brother or sister is too. Some there's some interesting story with both people. Are well, trans. I think well the more the more well. I mean, I, again, I don't want to say the most interesting because I don't want the, this to sound like it's a conversation about. But the Wachowski sisters. The you know the the uh, well the women because they that's how they identify now uh, who did the Matrix and Cloud Atlas and all that sort of stuff they oh maybe that's what I'm thinking they of. were two bro- sorry that's what I'm thinking yeah of. so they were yeah they were well they were two brothers and then someone and again, else series satellite radio them, is trans yeah. okay so I'm mixing two different I'm mixing but so there's you know there's obviously oh, I'm like Jenna Bush who can who confused fences and hidden figures and said hidden fences no. <laughs> and then she sent a racist so there's three trans people i'm thinking of one started Sirius satellite radio and then the wachowski is that the name yeah the Sisters? wachowskis i believe oh. right, and, i fucked up well in australia there's a stand-up comedian uh jordan raskopoulos who uh who has transitioned mm-hmm. and uh and i think you know like Within our worlds and our yeah. communities, you know, there's there's sort of great acceptance and or whatever. Acceptance is even a terrible word, you know, whatever. Like, you know, yeah. people not... Hey, be- it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if it's not, we'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, there is... But then you, can, you go like, I'm always aware of this new thing of like acceptance, obviously, where we don't want to be intolerant and we're like, what is the big fucking deal? And then when you sit down to make a list of like, oh, whose show am I going to go see? Or who would I put on my show of 10 comedians? If you're not in the community of trans, gay, blah, blah, it might not come to mind. Right. And then so we have, a, not we, but there's a problem with that too, where then it sometimes looks like, oh, it's the same old people on every show. And then it can look like people are being excluded. But it is interesting because when you're in a community like that is different than like straight white male. You find your own community. And then the straight white men don't know about you unless you make a big splash. And then everyone else is like, well, what about all of us over here? And it's like, that that can be so hard too. I don't mean hard. That's not what I mean. No, no, but, but I mean, it w- must be any time that you are, a rep- you, you are seen as being a representative of, uh, I think it was Kumail or somebody said, said it very, I, I hope it was Kumail. Um, but he t- <laughs> We're just making it worse. It was. Yeah. But no, um, but he talked about the idea of it just must be nice to be like a white man and, you know, that what you do doesn't represent everyone who looks like you. And oh, it's like, I know. And I, you kind of sometimes I, – I sometimes think that with the Amy Schumer stuff because Amy, yeah. like, is just – not particularly to my taste, but I do feel like sometimes she is just like the lightning rod for anything that people feel about women in comedy. Well, it's so funny too because people ask me like, oh, so did you – what do you think about this Amy Schumer thing? And I'm like – I want to explain something without sounding like um, I'm saying anything bad about her or I'm jealous. I'm 
10 years older than her, I think, at least. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how old she is. But she's, we, we came up in different cities. Like, I didn't know her when I was in New York. I don't know if she'd started yet. We're not in the same world at all. Not even fame to do with fame. Comedy. So I wouldn't have a reason to watch her comedy. Right. Um, I don't watch people's comedy necessarily that are younger than me because first of all, I don't watch much comedy if that makes sense. I watch my friends Mm -hmm. and then I watch the classics that I grew up with that I'll go back to over and over, George Carlin, whatever. But I don't, just because someone's famous, go, oh, now I'm going to watch their stand-up. Maybe I'll watch some things here and there so I make sure like, oh, I hope I don't have a similar bit. But then I go, so what if I do? It's my bit. So in other words... There's no reason I don't watch her. I don't watch most people that are younger than me because it, it's not for me. Right. I'm not in, I've already been through, I don't know what she's talking about, so I can't say I've already been through it, but I'm, it just doesn't speak to me. I always tend towards older comedians and people that are of different uh, ba- ethnic and even gender backgrounds than me. So it's like that whole notion that like I, as a female comic, am supposed to look up to her is absurd to me. It's like, but, oh, but not even just look up to her. Like, like I might look up to but, some of the way she handles things, right. but, but not, I'm not but looking, as in have an opinion, but you I'm not, I'm not like, opinion. I'm not like, yes, I watch all the female comedies. Like, no, I'm no. And that's what I meant about. And I guess the, the whole only reason I really brought that up was, uh, that idea of as a man, yeah. you never, are asked to justify other no, they're men. Not like, you're never like, so oh. Jim Gaffigan did something bad and right. you're like, okay, I mean, no one even asked me about Jim Jeffries, let alone Jim Gaffigan. And at least you could oh go, God, you're hilarious. both Australians. Like, you know, at least you go, as in another Australian comedian, do you believe with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're not like, even responsible for him. I'm not even him. for him. That's so great. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you have to be responsible. Like, I did, I pitched, I'm pitching a talk show right now, and I probably shouldn't say this story, but they're not listening. Um, I pitch it to a network, and it's like... Oh, actually, we've got huge listeners from network oh fuck. yeah that's our big that's our big demographic the cn yeah the cn all right well bleep that out please okay. yeah please bleep out I'll bleep the, when out. i said the, yeah, CN. the certain network so people will just be hearing network so they this, won't know which one it is they won't be certain this, i won't bleep that one out and i'll this, have to put it together <laughs> this guy's listening to my pitch i think uh-huh. it's clear i'm a comedian i feel like they're like here's jen kirkman because she's been around forever oh no 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 i don't, I don't feel like that's something you have to prove anymore no well, the agents you, you've there. got what? Two Netflix specials. That's right. Everyone. Oh my God. Everyone watch my second special. Just keep living. It's my favorite one. I think Australia will love it. There you but go. They'll, stuff about street harassment, traveling the world alone, getting a tattoo. They'll fucking love it. Anyway. So, um, and my real life parents are in it at the end. Anyway. So, um, and then someone was like, cause he's on sorry. already put his parents in his TV show. I'm like, oh, I didn't fucking know that. Anyway. But, but uh, also, come on. It's just a quick sketch at the end. But also, if I mean, I understand the idea that if it, like if it, like if he did some, you know, you probably can never do like a pop tarts bit after Jim Gaffigan did his pop tarts bit, right? But involving your parents somehow in your art, I don't feel like Aziz was the first person. No, who did and that. I stole it from Howard Stern. Yeah, and I do not feel like that is. No. I, I mean, I remember Kevin Smith in one of my favorite podcasts of all time, like uh, 
gave his uh, mother, who was like, who is not a you know Kevin Smith type. <laughs> you know, she's a she's conservative. She's not a stoner. <laughs> she's not a stoner. But they got stoned together no on way! his podcast. Like they they had some edibles and did one of the funniest like you know podcasts I've ever heard in my entire life. Him getting like you know stoned with That's his mum. Really adorable. It's amazing. It's like you know involving the parents, the people who gave you life in your art. I feel like I feel I like Aziz funny. didn't nail it. I feel, I feel like. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he didn't I've invent it. I've overjustified that. He but. didn't invent it. But anyway, so I'm pitching this thing to this network. It's clearly a comedy show. Everyone's like, here, Jen, she's medium, blah, blah. I'm like, funny thing, funny thing. So here's what the show would look like. First I come out, I do this. Ba, 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 sample, joke, joke, joke. But then we just keep talking. And I'm like, look, it doesn't have to be just about ba, ba, ba. We can go here, we can go there. So I just start telling funny stories about things that happened to me. Right. The more you talk, the more you confuse these people. But I was instructed to just keep talking and have fun. He asked me a question, he goes, and he puts his hand on his chin. Where does women empowerment come into this show? And I go, I don't think it does. It's a, it's like a late night comedy show. I'm like, if you want me to tackle female empowerment subjects, because that's de rigueur, then I'd love to. If you want me to just tell you that a woman talking, especially nowadays, well, this is before the election, I was like, is still controversial there's your female empowerment. If a woman being funny, like now it's like, now you can have a show if you're a woman, if you're talking about female empowerment, you can't be stupid like Jimmy Fallon and throw ping pong at someone. And so I thought that question was so weird. And I kept asking him, what do you mean by it? He didn't even know what he meant by it. And then I left the pitch and I heard that he was like, that would be a great show for CNN. He didn't get that it was a comedy. Right. And I'm like, okay, so a woman came in and she opened her mouth and went, blah, 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 blah. And you heard CNN and not comedy because you couldn't understand like if, if you made a list of what John Oliver talks about or John Stewart, y- on paper, it would look like, well, this should go to CNN. And then you go, oh, they're a funny person. It'll be funny. And then they have a staff of writers. Like he couldn't get his little mind around Maybe it. Maybe he meant CNN as in the Certainly Not Network. Oh, that's their comedy yeah, that's offspring. Their, that's their... <laughs> They have this. No, again, bleep, oh, that, on, bleep out. that out. As Please, well. bleep. I'll have to bleep right, well, that now out. I'm going back and re-pitching because yeah. he's going to bring someone who understands comedy, comedy? in more. Oh, yeah, okay. So I'm like, well, what's his job to not understand comedy? So I have to re-pitch it. That's actually it. his job. Yeah, he's the not understander. If it passes the first test of him not oh. understanding it, they identify that it may be comedy. And this is why people are like you should have your own show. I'm like, should, what do you think they're? Do you if you if people out there think executives jobs is to sit around and dream up things for us to do like they're that creative and then give us a call you're crazy and if you think they're even creative enough to listen to us tell them what a thing would be you're crazy like I don't know why more people don't watch the episodes of Seinfeld about him pitching a show and just know that that is literally what it is like it is you you can't even believe half the time you're talking to people and the more you think they get it the call you get the next day with what they thought they heard is like, are you kidding me? I mean, Even it, having written on shit, like I sold a few shows and mm-hmm. then I write the script mm-hmm. and the notes I get back, it's as if they're saying, can you write a different show than the one we just paid you all this money to write? Like, yep. love it. What if she's in space, in space, <laughs> also a man who's pregnant. And you're like, oh, it was a show about a woman who's a nurse at, Okay. Well, yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's just a small note. That's but what TV. if she wasn't a woman and what if she was <laughs> in space and pregnant? I mean, take it or leave it. They always say, yeah. take it or take leave it. Take it or leave it. But here's our three ideas. And then if you leave it, they then read they it again you. and they're like, yeah, yeah, you leave it and they leave. They're like, take it or we leave it is what they should say. 
Um, but anyway, I don't know what my point was about that, but that was not as an uplifting story as me going to Kokomo. Oh, so no, but here's what I would say is, of course, firstly, um, the, that, that's the whole idea is what you said. Like the real nub of it is, you know, they'll, they'll, we're still in that era where putting an ethnic person on TV means that they need to be addressing oh, that's ethnic what I was issues. Yeah, and yeah. if you put a woman on TV, that now we've transitioned from them being decoration on television to yeah. now being, okay, you can be here, but you have to be like, you know, talking about women's issues. Yeah, it's like, I, what if I just want, and by the way, like, what if I just want to talk about like, I don't know. Like, look, I had a bit in my new Netflix special where I talk about... Um, just by the way, if they have any understanding of you, this was the point I was trying to yeah. make was, if they have any understanding of you and your work, which clearly they did not, Yeah. then you, of course, you are going to talk about, like, the, you know, women's, women's empowerment and stuff because it's the very nature of pretty much everything that you talk about at the heart of it is, at the is Well, that. that's... There was this bit I have about, like, being a hypochondriac and it's kind of about my period, but I was like... I don't mean the female comedian that talks about her period, but then I no, do. No, oh, you can't because Aziz did. So oh, that's shit. Done. Yeah. And his parents had their periods yeah. dripping down their legs yeah, in that his was, TV show. That's how it finished. <laughs> it was edgy. i got to be honest. His dad had his period. Yeah. That was weird. But I was like. Yeah, but his dad had just been to space <laughs> and was pregnant. Men get their periods to go to space. Yeah. So it throws the whole hormone. Well, that's it. It's a different cycle. cycle. Um, I talk about it in the sense of like, I need to tell the story about being a hypochondriac, but the period thing is so much part of it. And so I go into a whole thing about like, all right, everybody, yep. here we go. going to talk about periods. And I do a thing that I think is funny, but the whole point of it is that I, I got it a little early one month as an adult in my forties. And because it was early and there's blood and there's period blood, and they look like two different things. I didn't know what it was. I thought my uh -huh. kidneys were bleeding and sure. like, like a cat, I was going to have to be put down. Mm -hmm. And so I went to my doctor, like, hurry, I'm having internal bleeding. And then she goes, this is your period. And then it's like a whole thing. Okay. And so sure. I say to her, basically, <clears throat> my whole point of like the, the, the punchline, I won't do the punchlines, but the point of the joke is like, it is kind of amazing that like we get no information, men and women, about our bodies growing up. And for women, we get told you're going to get your period. When? Anytime between your 11 and 17. Okay. And so then you start bleeding five days a month, uh -huh. your whole life, and you don't, you never question it. You never think... I know I'm supposed to be bleeding from here, but what if it isn't my period? What if I'm actually bleeding out and I'm going to die? Right. You never question it. You, it's like an instinct you know. And so one time in my whole fucking life at age 41, I didn't know. And I was trying to get some credit from my doctor, like, pretty good though. Never questioned it before. And she was like, no. Like, she was just like, so it was kind of a thing. But it, it's like, when I think about it, like, there's such a funny bit about being a hypochondriac. It would be like if for the equivalent of a guy if he looked one day and was like, has my dick always been shaped like this? And like you go to a doctor and they're like, you're just having like a breakdown. Yeah. Like that I would mean, seem so uh, look, normal. To be honest, like this, you know, I mean, and I'm sure people have had this experience before, but um, eh, I one night it was like quite drunk and uh, was in a hotel and I... Um, <laughs> they had like, uh, have you seen those like beetroot chips? You know, they're like, uh, they're like potato chips, but they're made out of beetroot, out of beet. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, they're, and they're purple and they're like... They're oh, delicious. Oh, yeah. But I've got, like, obviously got home from like this gig and I've like, you know, decided to eat these things. But then, of course, the next morning, because I don't normally eat them, they're not like a, they would just happen to be in the hotel. Blood. I honestly thought I was dying and I was like, what is happening? Because I'd just <laughs> forgotten. Like, so I get it. I mean, even I get that. Like, yeah. It's, it was yeah. just supposed to be a hypochondria bit. By the way, it went well. Everyone loved it. But it was like, even that without trying to be uh -huh. is technically, of course it is, a women's issue where it's like, oh, like, 
It's so dumb. I can't even take it. Well, that's the thing. I also, I mean, again, about how comedy changes. Like, you know, at the kind of, you know, cliche was, you know, that women, you know, oh, you know, that, oh, you're just doing jokes about your period or whatever, which again, I can't actually remember necessarily. There's not many. But also, oh being... my God, like people who bleed five days of... All day long, five days a month, and we don't die. We're machines. We well, should talk about it all the time. But this, but also, and again, I'm sure somebody has made this point much better than I'm about to yeah. make it. So, you know, uh, Aziz, I think. Aziz made Aziz the same did. point really well. Aziz did. His parents did, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, is that if men... Oh, Gloria Steinem made that. I did, yeah, right. She wrote an article about it. Because if men, like, yeah. had their period, particularly, like, like, if, if, like, every third podcast would be about men's periods. Well, I, that's, I tried to turn that on its head <laughs> in my bit that I did. I was like... Let's, uh, my theory in my joke is that, well, let's take this apart. Yes, we all know men have different like hormones that get testosterone, they're the dominant culture, but if they were the period having ones, maybe it wouldn't be that way. Maybe we would be the assholes to them because I took a look at it as like what it's like to be in a relationship with a woman if you're, you know, stereotypically if you're a man and you're like, duh, where's my wallet? And women do everything for you. Like that kind of relationship where it's like, you're at dinner with your boyfriend and he comes out of the bathroom. He's like, we got to go. And you're like, why? And he's like, I'm wearing white pants. I just got me period. You're like, Jonathan. I mean, you know what it'd ruin? Yeah. Cricket. (laughs) Cricket would be a terrible, I mean, cricket goes for five days. And you know that men would not be organized enough to carry tampons, keep hold, keep the schedule of their period. And like, you know, it would be a disaster and we'd see so much more blood in public. So I really feel like if men got their periods, there might be more like, it might be more considered. I don't think they'd be proud of it. I think culture would look at it as like the way they they look at men in like dishwasher commercials. Like, what well, do you think? Dumb idiots who don't know what they're doing. Do you think? <laughs> That's no, I mean, bleed. Ev- I mean, I, who knows? But I would have thought evolutionarily, you know, the idea that, like, I mean, it's such a stupid system. Do you know what I mean? Like that we yeah. have managed to like we all have iPhones and you know can fly around in planes and they can yeah. send people to space and like now they've got like virtual reality and like artificial intelligence and yet you still just bleed randomly <laughs> like four or five bleed the thing that you do when you're dying. I know like the thing that in any other situation, if like if I cut my finger and it bleeds for more than like seven minutes, I think I need to go to hospital. I know. Well, but when you're it's down there, I don't have to look at it and. <laughs> Yeah, but if I'm bleeding from the knee, I'm not like, oh, well, it's down there. I don't have to look at it. I know, because it's like underneath. I don't yeah, know. There's sure. something I like about it. It feels like cleansing when yeah, it's over. Yeah, clean it out. Yeah. Clean it out. Although I don't really know. But yeah, so it's I like feel a, like... like when you put the dishwasher on, just it's self-clean. You know, with no dishes in there. You do just you know what to... I bought? And I feel like I really shouldn't do this for the drought <laughs> and the environment. I bought... I got suckered into buying something. What? A fresh. Have you heard of this? A fresh. It's just a brand name of a okay, what is little it? tablet you put in your dishwasher to clean your dishwasher when it's empty. Uh huh. Well, yeah, but how often do you put it in? Every hour. No, I put it in. <laughs> I put it in like once every couple months. Yeah, that's what you meant. Right. You meant to clean your dishwasher. You are okay. Yeah, I feel like what scam did I just? No, buy no, no. Into? It's worse for the environment and your washing machine. Like I eventually, it doesn't clean your. Uh, dishes as efficiently so you end up putting it on a bigger cycle or, or whatever if you're not cleaning really? it really yeah All and right. secondly you're destroying the life of the machine and that means that you have to buy a new machine because that's what people do these days they don't get shit repaired so that adds to like landfill All right. and all those sort I of things I used to be such an environmentalist I wouldn't have a dishwasher I mean I may be completely wrong but that's the argument I would make to myself 
No, I think I'm going to go with that. Like, but I was like, oh, look what an asshole I am. I'm washing a thing. It looks clean. It looks like it gets washed when it washes the dishes. The dishwasher always looks clean after I empty it. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, it, it, yeah, it looks clean. But maybe there's germs in there, but well, I'm not but licking also, it. There's, res, there's residue and stuff. All right. I'm, or then I'm going to be mean, proud you, of how it. How much do you wash your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher? Uh, do you just go straight in? Like, is it sort of mm. like, he's, he's, you know, here's the dirty dishes, or do you give him a rinse in the sink first and then put him in the dishwasher? I, I'm, I am two people. Sometimes I rinse. Sometimes I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's oh. caked on. I put it right in. Yeah, I do both. Okay. I don't have any consistency with my good and bad habits. Uh, I, and also, will you? Uh, do you wait until the dishwasher is fi- filled up before you will put the dishwasher on, or will you just put it on a cycle because it's got a few things in there? No, know? I don't do that. I wait till it's filled up, unless I'm going away. Oh yeah, okay. All then right. I'm then I'm like, all right, sorry God, and I yep. do like a ritual. <laughs> to like the water gods I'm like sorry I know and then I think of how many other people are much worse than me and then I feel better but you know like maybe like five or six things I know I could take them out and wash them by hand but I'm I'm telling you I'm just very paranoid about not getting it clean enough so I've been doing something uh, in the last couple of days that I have never done before uh, which is bleaching bleaching what? so I've never been a bleacher um, but I have what I've lived here for four years or something now, and I have mm-hmm. white towels and I have white sheets because I'm a man and I don't get my period, so I can live this luxurious. Oh, life. I have white towels and yeah. white sheets. It's a hotel lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Do you put the little? Do you put actual bleach or the little ball, balls? So, well, what I noticed is because I'm about to go home for four months, but my friend Charlie's going to come and stay, and I was just I was trying to clean up the house. You know, Charlie's going to come here. Yeah, Charlie's going to come here. Oh my God, Charlie! It's going to be like a have life, coffee with me. It's like a life swap. I love it. Yeah. Does he bring his wife here? Uh, I think she's going to be here for some of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he's coming out for pilot season, so. Good for you, Charlie. Yeah. Do we still have that? I mean, well, I mean, for the, you know, a few months around that time. Where yeah, they still that's, I'm staying things. home this year for yeah, that. I'm going to participate yeah. this year. Yeah, he's not, yeah, it's not the traditional three weeks. Now it's over like three months or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so some of that. How fun. And uh, yeah, so he, yes, it'll be weird. So it'll be kind of like Charlie living here instead of me. But I love it. But I also wanted to do that thing of going, I'm going to be home for four months, you know, on the road and stuff. I need to make sure that I've got everything I need. I want the house to be clean. I want to, so I've been doing sort of everything and just doing a bit of a stop take of what's here and what crap could go home and all those sort of things yeah and what i discovered was i was like gee my towels and my sheets are just looking a little like they're fine and yeah. i could leave them like this but i'm like you know them up. i can i could bleach something yeah but i've never really bleached before so i went down and i didn't know which of the two options i was going to go with so i got the bleach and i got the bleach balls yeah the, i used the, the balls I, those <laughs> work pretty well yeah they were a great great band the bleach balls they were <laughs> they were they toured with the beach boys <laughs> yes john stamos played drums for both that's the weird thing <laughs> <laughs> and very white audience like, thank you thank you <laughs> so they're playing trump's inauguration <laughs> by the way this will go up after that so who knows i did see the uh i still google could he possibly not get inaugurated well i see that the because the, he got a bruce springsteen covers band to play amazing and Same. then they, they've pulled out as well. Oh, I they saw, did? I saw this morning. So you can't, can't even get the Bruce Springsteen tribute band to play at his inauguration. Yeah, you would think that, that in tribute to Bruce, they would act like Bruce too. Well, I, I think eventually they did. <laughs> the Bruce of that band was like, guys, we got to think about this. Like he just sat and talked like Bruce. I mean, um, it'd be weird if you were in a Bruce Springsteen's covers <laughs> band to want to play the Donald Trump inauguration. I'd really feel like you hadn't been connecting with the material 
perfectly. I wonder if they have a clearance, like if he they just go off base because he's been dead for a while. I always wonder that with um with your covers band, how deep do you have to go in your tribute band? Yeah, because you can be a covers band or you can be like a tribute band where you're kind of like recreating, you know, the experience. I think of the you should recreate. Band. That's what I want to go. So see. do you want all four then to have to look like the four? So say say they were <laughs> say you were going to see Sunday Bloody Sunday, the U two Down Under experience, right? Would you need all four? Would you need like an L? You need an edge as well, right? You need yeah, on the I edge. Want, I want the whole band, and they can. You don't have to look like them. I like dress a little like them. Yeah. Yeah. I need it. I need that. Um, wait, so do you now you're using, but no, this is so funny you said this. It, 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 again, crazy coincidence. I, for the first time, put actual, a bottle of bleach, not mm. the whole thing, a cap full in some whites yesterday because I was like, I want it. I want to smell the bleach. Right. I want to, yeah. In my towels in my bathroom. Yeah. And they looked great, but I don't know how much you're supposed to do because it can shred it. I don't know. I mean, I probably, I, I probably erred on the side of too much, but yeah. I was hoping for maximum. And whiteness. it looks good. <laughs> well, yeah, it did. Oh, it came up pretty this is well. So exciting! I love cleaning, even though I have someone come clean my place. But you know, in the interim, you know, I do. Uh, I am a down-to-earth girl who will wash her own towels if she has to. And uh, well, my washing machine and dryer. Although I try to dry as much stuff outside on the balcony oh, as possible, but I hate that. My washing machine and dryer. It's, I mean, it's literally here. Crocodile Dundee is what you're behaving like when you do that. Are amazing. <laughs> uh, they're amazing. And this time I brought dirty laundry over from Australia because it would have taken me so long to do it with my bad washing machine back home. <laughs> I can't believe so it. I, you just packed a suitcase of dirty laundry. I, like I would say half of my suitcase was filled with dirty laundry, <laughs> like in plastic bags, like, you know, just like so that I could put it all in the decent washing machine here. Oh, that's nice. And then you can have it all packed when you get back Beautiful. home. Oh my God. So four months you'll be gone. What's your new show this year? Uh, so, oh, well, I, I don't want to give... Uh, is there a pun and what's the title critically will oh i love um, it yeah thanks it sounds like you're critically, critically Ill, Ill, though. Yeah, yeah but also it has a double play because you know i will be oh you're being critical i've been critical and as you well. could be critically acclaimed uh, uh, yeah oh i didn't even see that one coming. oh that's all i oh, would think about that's good actually yeah oh, that, critically that, that, will oh critically acclaimed People are going to want to say things about it like that because they want to join so. in the pun. I hope so. Yeah, it'd be, but it, it wouldn't, it, yeah. Oh, um, okay. I'm, I'm fascinated as someone who used to be, like, because I studied journalism. I don't know if you know that, but. I did not know that. So that was what I studied at university. I have a journalism degree. Uh -huh. And uh, there was a lot that I really admired and loved about the journalism I thought journalism was when I was at university. And clearly in the last, you know, 25 years, um, yeah, journalism has you know completely died gotten a lot better much. with Breitbart News. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> say what we're both thinking at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. I mean, it's amazing. It's yeah. And so the idea of you know this post-truth or you know fake news world or whatever we lived in that oh, we're living perfect. through. I wanted to try to talk about what's going on in the world without talking about Trump specifically. Right, because you know, it is beyond him. It started. You know, Al Gore had a great book that came out. I feel like it was largely ignored. And it was right before, I don't either. It was right before or after Palin. It was either very prescient or just like, hi, it's about Palin, called The Assault on Reason. And oh. it was like, people will read facts and they don't believe them anymore. Like, just, you know, you could say something like the Wall Street Journal, the newspaper in America, all of their investigative articles are not biased. It's the truth. But right. their op-eds are biased towards the right. 
uh, New York Times op-eds may be biased towards the left. People don't understand that specific nuance. They're like, that paper's right wing. It's like, no, it's not made up. It, so I don't think anyone knows how to even like dissect well, a newspaper part, anymore. Part of the problem was the media did this to themselves to a certain degree because what first happened was we mixed opinion and news together. Right. Because there was a period of time, even when I was at university, you know, like 25 years ago still, there was a clear delineation in the paper between what was meant to be like objective reporting. Yeah. And, you know, stuff that was clearly opinion. But what happened was the opinion stuff got closer and closer to the front of the page. And in this era where the media companies don't know how to exist apart from click-throughs. Yeah. Um, now, you, you, you know, the loudest headlines and the, you know, the the kind of you know, most clickbait uh. things are the ones that get the most noise. So they created an environment where people already didn't trust news, right? Yeah. This was the problem. You'd read the headline and you read the actual article and it would have nothing to do with the headline. Some one person must have thought of this, right? Rupert Murdoch. You think probably. it was all him, right? I mean, mostly. He's the I mean, head do, of it. Do I think that Rupert Murdoch has probably done the most damage worldwide to the world I in think the last so, century? Yeah. I believe yes. But I wonder and who... And he's Australian, there must so be a, I apologize for that to there everybody. There must be a think tank behind him. I mean, he is... I mean, I think he is mostly, was mostly, if you know much about his origin story, like he was always interested in power and deals. Yeah. And he actually, for a long while, his newspapers would um, support whoever was really going to win. What you'd see in the Murdoch papers would be that, like, you know, he would be very much, because it was always about power and yeah, let's being pick the deals winner. and Don't these sort think, of things. I feel like Whereas I'd be now, happier if I was like that. As he's got old, he's obviously clearly swung massively to the right, so... But that's also because that's, you know, that kind of tabloid style of newspapers was the only thing that was surviving, you know. So, yeah. But he's, you know, that whole Fox News thing, the idea of, you know, that you can make up your own facts and whatever. So, anyway, that whole area is really yeah. interesting to me. And I think that I have like a good personal perspective on it that will be different, hopefully, to it'll be able to talk about the things that are going on in the world. But, yeah, the, you don't want to be talking about the same things that everybody else is talking about. No, and about, there's so know? many different fucking angles. So the other thing is um, I was reminded of a story on New Year's Eve and I won't tell too much of the story because I, I don't want to spoil it for the show, but I grew up in a place that had 250 people and I always dreamed of leaving because, you know, I wanted to have this life where I could, yeah. you know, go on my Kokomo tour and stuff. And, <laughs> I did, and, you know, my dad had lived on the same road all his life and I just, in my head, I wanted not that. You I know? can't imagine 250 and, is not a lot of people. Uh, in case you didn't. And I always wanted, you know, this life of excitement and making up stories and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I never saw any of that where we were. Yeah. But the truth of it was, as I was reminded of recently, um, I went to bus. I went to school on the bus uh, with the kids of, he was a neighbor of ours, not next door, but like in the, that area where we grew up yeah. with Australia's greatest ever con men. And he was busted, in, like as in it, it all came out when I was in year 12 at school. Uh -huh. And I've never talked about it. I think I've mentioned <gasps> on the podcast, yeah. but I've never talked about it on stage before because I don't even know for whatever reason I've never talked about it on stage before. But th this idea that we lived next to this guy, stole $300 million from the National Safety Council. Yeah. Like, and he still lived in, you know, where I grew up. How in do you Denison. steal it? You just funnel it Well, yeah, it was yeah. all sorts of, oh. like, yeah, it was all government. So like, you had you know, like... One of your 250 was the most interesting people in the well, world. Well, but it also turns out it wasn't even his real name. He had, like, come from Germany, changed his name. He conned stuff over there. Like, it turned out it was this, like, he he's claimed that he's he was working for the CIA and his name was, like, his code name was I Iago. I've just got this book about it that I'm reading that he wrote. And Anyway, it's this, yeah. and it, it all happened in this tiny little place where I was from. And it's such a fascinating story. Like, the, stepping through it is just so yeah. br brilliant. 
And I was like, it just feels like that story combined with the idea of like, you know, the fact that we, you know, where we are now with the con man who's just, you know, and the idea, there's some themes in that story that are kind of really, that just very naturally fit in the exact same things that I want to talk about on a broader world scale. Oh, that's so, so cool. So I think, I hope, like yeah. I don't know yet because I'm still kind of in the process of writing, but I kind of feel like it might be like a small, like a really that smaller story of something interesting that happened to me that then kind of, you know, has these broader themes that I think kind that's of become, perfection. you know, about. So that's kind of what I think the show, I think at this stage the show is going to be about. But I have to take my other special my so it's a weird headspace i'm in at the moment yeah this sunday i'm taping a special that is kind of just the best bits of my last two years really for in back home Aussie, in Australia. Aussie? okay and some of the stuff i haven't really done for months or like even six months seven months like so because what do you, you look in a notebook you listen to a recording i mean i don't really know i've been like because some of it i'm able to do over here uh-huh. but some of it i it's can't not, it's not all just in your head though right like I mean, you can review it. And oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have, but yeah, oh, but okay. I haven't had that thing of being able to be d- doing it. And that's a weird thing, you know, like, totally. no, you know, like normally what you would like ideally like to do, but Practice not, it once here but for not just that I'm writing this new show at the same time as well. So there is a small part of me that isn't quite as enthusiastic about it as I should be, even though like, you know, I'm sure like this is the, about the, the Sunday night thing is usually, yeah. I think once you're up there at all, you'll be fine. I, and I mean, literally I'm doing the best bits from my last two shows, which were my two favorite shows. And so really it should like be that. a great night, yeah. you know, but you're like, but because oh. I'm in new show mode and because I haven't really done some of the bits and whatever yeah. i'm just in a really weird headspace i'd be like it. what if i forget what if i forget what yeah. if i forget you won't though well I'm, i mean and I, I hate to say this in front of the audience yeah. but you don't need to like practice it well i mean i, I hope i, I don't no, know when you get up there i'll just be coming all naturally back to you let's hope so hey of course i hate when the i don't want the audience to hear me being uh cocky on your behalf but like <laughs> you got that <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, by the time people hear this, it's already going to have happened. So. Oh, okay. So uh, fuck you. You don't need to practice. Who cares? These, these people are happy to get out of the house. Fuck them. <laughs> like they can do any better. Fuck these people. What are they going to do? Go get a, uh, go get a pie, hot pie, or whatever you call those things. <laughs> a meat pie. Where are these shows? Sydney Operas. Uh, so I'm, I'm filming. Uh, I'm filming the one on the twenty uh, second uh-huh. uh, at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne, which is where I do my Melbourne Comedy Festival oh, okay. shows. And uh, then the new tour goes everywhere: Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, Hobart, Perth. You know, all over Australia. All so. over. All over. W- Wagga Wagga. I think. Oh, have you seen? I haven't seen Manchester by the Sea. No, I haven't seen it. I'm I'm not watching it, but uh, hang on, why? Why are you not watching it? I just haven't watched it yet. I heard it's depressing. Oh, I thought you that the way you just said that was like I'm not watching it. Like no, no, no. But I got yeah. I'm getting yelled at. Everyone like he sexually harassed people. I'm like, look, people. I uh, everyone sexually harassed everyone. So I can't fucking you know if he if he raped someone, I probably won't watch it. Right. If he showed him the, his dick, which I heard maybe did or was just being inappropriate, I don't like it. Let's not work with him. Let's not uh, laud him with awards. But but I might want to sneak a peek at at a. Th- I can't not watch the Boston movies, but my theory is that Ben Affleck was like, you got to do the Boston movie this year, dude, because uh, I fucked the nanny and everyone's pissed at me. <laughs> and then like, he's like, Casey, you do it. And he's like, all right, Ben. And then he's like, ah, oh, fuck. Oh. Remember when I was like, you know, touching those girls. It's weird. Isn't it? I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's one of those things where I've read so many articles about 
uh, you know, it, all of them with the title too. Like literally about three, I reckon, I've had the title of like, why aren't we talk, talking about Casey Affleck's problematic sexual, you know, past? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, we are, I believe. This is literally the third the article I've read about it this thing, week. The more problematic thing is that he was doing that horrible movie with Joaquin Phoenix. That's when they were, that's oh, when yeah, all this happened. Right. I have a feeling everyone was just high out of their fucking mind. Not that that's an excuse. I've, it's not an excuse. I've been uh, drunk and I didn't start like, I also think grabbing people. He's, he might, I, I mean, I did, I was told a story that he, because he's a method actor as well. Uh, oh, I think he's a method. Casey um, uh-huh. uh, Affleck, apparently. Oh, okay. And, oh, no, maybe, no, no. Maybe I'm getting him confused actually with Giovanni Rubisi. I can't remember you which one be. it is. Um, oh, that, I can't ah, see, imagine. Casey. See, the good the good thing is not just uh, racist against white guys as well. Yeah, I so. can't imagine Casey. You're just being a short guy thing. I think can't imagine Casey Affleck being a uh, a method actor. It just doesn't. No. Okay. No, I think it was. Yeah. Oh no, I'm thinking about Aziz Ansari. That's his parents are method actors. Oh, both of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's... <laughs> well, they are because they played his parents, right? And they've been playing his parents all his life. It was but the I... role they were born to play. I am hoping it was the role he was born for them to play. I am hoping by the time you come back. That I am so successful, I won't even have time to do this podcast anymore. I mean, I've always I'm, hoped that. Because, <laughs> because I am finally cast in my Boston movie, and I know you retweeted this. I was very upset. Uh, I'm just tired of pe- women. Every woman, they do fine, but they don't ever have people front. Well, no, they did in the fighter, uh, the fighter, but they need me to star in, in one of them. So. I need you to star in one. I know. It's in fact, I, I want about. you to do it um, Eddie Murphy style, where you play all the characters. No, I want to, because then I won't get an award. I want a real award that's like, you don't okay. think I fucking love my kid? Okay. You want like a, you want to be the I'm comedian st- who did the. That's my serious yeah. role. I'm fucking starving because my kid can't eat. But if you for one think that I am not going to, hang on a minute. If you don't think that I am going to get my kid in that fucking school where your kids don't even care. You know, I mean, come on. Give me the award. I, I would give. I don't you know award. what it's about. Your kids doing I don't care. something. Some, or... Something about kids. <laughs> so some children. You're very upset about a kid. I'm going hungry to save money to go to this private school or something. Right. Yeah. It's exactly. like a public private school show. I mean, that sounds a bit boring. That movie, though. Oh no! There's all kinds of other shit going on. <laughs> there's all. There's like a police chase. There's all. How about a stuff. remake of Dead Poets Society, but just everyone's from Boston, <laughs> set in Boston, and they're Cafe all Cafe got... DM. <laughs> That's all I remember from that movie. Well, it would be Bruce Willis and oh, Captain, Robin my Williams. Captain. Yeah, in tribute to Robin Williams. Because he did, he won an Oscar with mm. the world's worst Boston accent. Rest in peace, a lovely man. Yeah. But um, I don't remember anything about that movie. An all-female Dead Poet Society. Would people get as upset as they would have at Ghostbusters? <laughs> That's not a bad one, actually. Because it's set at like a female boarding school. You know, there's a bit of, you know, there's some yeah. adventures there. I mean, they get a powerful female teacher who comes to town and inspires. Yeah, them. me, but you. she's from Boston. Yeah, but she's from Boston. <laughs> I don't get any them poems. The ways of Boston. Yeah, <laughs> I got some Dunkin' Donuts. Y'all gonna wake up? Get your fucking shit together, dudes. You're acting like assholes. You fucking rich assholes. <laughs> and then that's that's how it's she like, inspires them. It's like it's like uh, Dead Poets Society meets Dangerous Minds, like a reverse. <laughs> oh my god, I think I watched that movie in a particularly emotional place once. And I cried my eyes out. I mean, you probably loved Coolio's Gangster's Paradise being a lover I think of... I kind of did like that song. <laughs> it's kind of like the way you liked Kokomo from the cocktail soundtrack. Yeah. Right? Even though I know it's... um Stevie Wonder? Stevie Wonder. I still liked it. Yeah. Sorry. 
Uh, hey, we should finish up. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, oh, wait. One sentence about that. Please. I had to read at my grandmother's funeral years ago that actual thing from the Bible as I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And I all I could do to stop myself and be like, as I walked through the... And I couldn't not say it in the rhythm, but people thought I was breaking up crying and it was actually perfect. You were and just, they were like, you got so emotional during that. I'm like, I know, I know. but it was... Coolia gets to be like that. <laughs> it was really me trying not to say it in a weird rhythm. Anyway, the uh, rhythm got me. So, firstly, your specials yeah. are on Netflix in Australia as well, I believe. Oh, so, worldwide, yes. bitches. Worldwide. So, Don't watch the first one. Watch the newest one called Just Keep Living, question mark. Watch them both, right? Well, I like the I like the second one way well, better. Well, okay. So, here's the thing, though. Which we, you're saying just watch the second one, but then they'll love the second one. They'll go back and watch the first one where you go, yeah. that's okay. You're fine with that order. I'm yeah. fine with that order. All right. Okay. Do that order. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. That's the preferred Jen Kirkman order. That's the preferred if you order. Um, and anything else that uh, I can we can tell people? Well, about? if you've got Americans listening, I'm going on tour in September. Tickets are on sale. They're already flying. So I would go oh, to jenkirkman.com, click tour dates. Mm-hmm. You go to my website and you can buy my books. I got two books out. I got a podcast called I Seem Fun. I just talk to myself for an hour every week. If they go to jen j e n k i r k m a n dot com, they will be so happy. Uh, yeah <laughs> and if they go and if they go i don't know i feel really out oh, of it, like i took no, a pill or here's something. what we didn't do we didn't talk about the election and that's fine no i don't want to no and that's fine but i did say to people that we might talk about the election oh well so here's we, the election yeah i'm in denial okay that's good that's good <laughs> we can get an update you know in say six months when, mm-hmm. when we've seen how some of this stuff is shaken down i'm going to a women's march that should stop everything on the inauguration but i'm not going to the one because it's too expensive and I'm too scared of getting killed. But right. I'm going to one in Portland, Oregon. You're going to A1. Oh, yeah, yeah that okay. seems like a nice safe place <laughs> <Yeah>. to do <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, that's going to be... There's like apparently an ice storm there now out of season. So I don't know. God hates us. God hates women. And God is a woman. The end. The end. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jen. <laughs>